Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time. Good afternoon. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now for In the Spotlight. You know, we're in this period where we are entering uncertain times, maybe even a potential recession, as a lot of people speculate. Brands, marketing professionals, agencies, they're all worried about what an unpredictable economic climate could mean for their businesses. Can we afford to keep advertising? Can you afford to stop even? On the downswing, many things can change in the business. I mean, budgets slash, roles are reduced, or even amenities like free company coffee, they can be discontinued. The moral of the story is shift happens. Too often, recession reactive companies pump the brakes on their marketing and advertising spending. But is this the right path forward in the name of self-preservation? How can brands be smart about things in the marketing front when they're faced with a downturn? Well, let's uh, find out a little bit more about this topic. Uh, On the line with me is Tim Lindley, Managing Director, Vania Media APAC. Tim, good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's talk a little bit about your company. It's a global creative and media agency with offices in New York, Los Angeles, London, Singapore, and Mexico City as well. Big cities. Tell us a little bit about some of the services you provide. We're a creative and media agency, as you say. I think our main difference is we're just built for today. We don't have the legacy of being hundreds and hundreds of years old. Um, We're founded by, by an entrepreneur out of New York, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's built the business to be very, very business focused. Like how do you build modern marketing strategies for a changing economy and a changing consumer? Uh, Tim, I, I'm, I'm going to try and push it a little bit. I mean, you mentioned that uh, you don't have the luxury of having legacy. I wonder, you know, when you look at today's landscape, right, when, when it comes to all, all these sort of things, what is legacy anyway, if not just for a great PR story, a bit of brand building? But at the end of the day, you really need to know your product. You need to know your customer and, and what, what's caught their attention. 100% agree. And for us, attention is the only thing that we that we focus about consumer attention is the only thing that you need to have once you have it you can leverage it i think it's a benefit for us that we don't have the legacy we're not held back by a model that we've been building for a long long time we can pay attention to where consumers move Mm. and then we can make sure we move there at the same speed the thing that holds agencies back brands back when they're stuck in a certain way Mm -hmm. is inertia it's difficult to change right and if you're very used to something running a certain way if it's run a certain way and worked in the past, it's easy to believe that it's going to work again. Yeah. So there's a lot of focus on yesterday, but there's a lot of focus on tomorrow, mm. there's not enough focus on today, where consumer attention really is right now. Yeah. Gone are the days where you're just looking at a number of likes on a social media post. Today, brands want interaction, they want comments, they want engagement. Uh, consumer attention, pretty much uh, the new currency then? It is, and it can fuel so much more than just, um, than just that engagement. I think relevance is, is critical mm. in these days. If you look at, especially look at the changing shape of social media, moving from, an atten- moving from a social graph to an attention graph, you now need to have, you have this interest that's in, inbuilt into the content. Like if you're not relevant to somebody, you don't get any reach. So relevance becomes reach. And that relevance drives engagement. Those comments that come off that engagement becomes the fuel and the insight that powers the rest of your marketing machine. So by building out that kind of deep layer of relevance and understanding what a consumer really wants, you're able to leverage your marketing not only to build the business and drive reach through these algorithms, but also to feed insight back into your own business, into your own product development, and your products become much more relevant. It becomes a much more virtuous cycle. 
Does it get a bit tough there though? Because you're saying that, you know, it's about relevance. So what kind of content do, do people actually want to watch? What's relevant for you may not be relevant for me. And where are consumers spending their time? I would argue that shift that the major consumer shift has moved to social media. Right. The choice there is huge. No longer does a consumer have to pick between a few channels. There may be many, many channels on cable. Now it's infinite number of channels slash pockets mm-hmm. of interest. Right. If you're on TikTok or YouTube Shorts or Reels, wherever you might be, you can just engage with content that's hyper-relevant to you. And consumers find their own tribe. What brands and marketers have to recognize is that that's what consumers are going to engage with. They now have the choice and the ability to spend all of their time engaging with content that's hyper-relevant to them. Right. So we have to shift away from a single broadcast advertising mindset into that consumer mindset of how do you create content they genuinely care about, meet them where they are, build for those platforms, and turn your advertising into content that they genuinely consume. I wonder if brands perhaps have struggled for the longest time in accepting the fact that consumers now have a choice. I mean, you mentioned social media, mm-hmm. relevance. That, that is empowering me as a consumer. I've got a choice now. It really is. And I think for the longest time, if you look at the way the best internet companies have really been built up, look at the likes of Google. They created real value mm-hmm. for the consumer. Now, you can actually look at the AI revolution now. I would argue that OpenAI is trying to create value for an end consumer. They're building products that make that experience better. Then you have these big social media companies that were built on top of them that, built, that turned the consumer into products. They turned them into things that could be reached through advertising. As you think you're starting with a shift to an interest graph, yes, that still exists. You can still target consumers, but this infrastructure has been built okay. whereby people can create content for others like them, and you have this infinite amount of choice. And yes, brands have been hampered by that. Brands, it's very difficult to create a lot of different content for different people. It's much easier to do it the old way. But those channels have changed and we need to change with it. Mm. Tim, while prepping this, uh, our producers came up with uh, or came across a very interesting term, which I was hoping you could help to explain a little bit more. Underpriced attention. What does this mean? I think in broad strokes, it means that somewhere where consumers' eyeballs have gone, but the brand dollars haven't yet followed. So you've got substantial amount of reach, but the brand dollars haven't followed fast enough. Therefore, if you are investing in that space, you're getting more bang for your buck. Kind of basic supply-demand economics. If you're looking for, I would say you've got three categories of attention. You've got emergent attention. Things are kind of hype cycle, up and coming, but maybe it hasn't reached critical mass yet. Then you've got the underpriced attention. I'd say right now, on a macro level, that's social media. Within that, a lot of short-form video, your TikToks, YouTubes, etc., And if you want to go really micro in there right now, Facebook Reels, as an example of somewhere where there are a lot of consumer activity, there's very little brand activity. Okay. So if you're able to move to that speed, you're able to capture an audience at a much better price. And because all these markets are biddable, there's no, the price is dictated by the demand. A bit of racial works there. So if, if we are able to find this underpriced attention, say when embarking on uh, a review of company's marketing strategy, who, who's accountable here? Is, is it to say that the brand can do a lot more? They certainly can. I think agencies have to take accountability for this as well. Right. Like brand marketers have a certain remit. They never see higher agencies to execute an, an, a, a portion of that. One thing I do think that is important is to bring the creative and media variables back together. I would say creative is the variable in this case. If you just put the same thing out over and over on all these different channels, there's no guarantee it's going to resonate. Mm -hmm. The the challenge at the moment is by splitting creative and media, it's very easy for each party to point at each other and say, that's the piece that's not working. I think clients have to take accountability for putting those two things together, but agencies absolutely have to take accountability for 
understanding underpriced attention, and then when they find it, creating the right piece of creative for it, so they're actually generating value for a consumer who otherwise is choosing from thousands of other pieces of content generated by other users of the platform that have built these niche um, audiences. And when is the right time to seek out this underpriced attention uh, at the start of a campaign or, or a review of sorts? Look, I think it's, always, it's going to be an always-on oh, approach. Okay, okay. You can absolutely look at it at the beginning of a campaign and go, sure. based on the status right now, where's our dollar best deployed? If you look at our media department here, we don't do big upfront buying deals with the likes of Meta and Google. Like, we don't sit on a bunch of inventory. That incentivizes mm-hmm. us to sell that inventory rather than sell the inventory where the consumer is at any one moment in time. So you can look at a snapshot at the beginning of campaign, but if you... If as a brand, as an agency, you're doing this on an always-on basis, then you've always got a pulse on it. You're, you get a sense for where things are going to move. You start. You can very quickly deploy creative into a different channel mm. and monitor how well that performs, and then you shift ad dollars accordingly. Okay. I'm on the line uh, this afternoon with Tim Lindley, Managing Director for VaynerMedia APEC. Tim, uh, VaynerMedia's integrated model and approach, how does this allow brands to make contextual creative at, at a volume? So we start with, we have a very simple framework. We start with your brand. You have to understand what you stand for. And we start with okay. your business objective. We have to okay. understand what you're trying to achieve. Then we break your consumer audience up into a much larger number of segments than most agencies would. And we call them cohorts. But it's specifically designed to understand, to, to reach them where they are with content that they care about, right? Mm-hmm. Underneath that, you sit platforms and culture. We have to understand what's happening on all these social platforms. That's where attention sits. And we have to understand what's flowing through those platforms, topics of conversation, like what's that cultural zeitgeist. And then you execute against that framework. And you do that by breaking down these subjective barriers around quality. Because if you're going to create content at scale, not everything can be a half million dollar TV ad. That's also not what consumers consume on social. Yeah. So they don't expect that. They don't want that. In fact, if it, if it arrived, it would feel very out of place. So you can create against that framework and then when you see something working, you double down on that and you start pouring media money onto the pieces that work best, crossing over into cohorts to create additional scale. And then you take the things that work the absolute best and you pump them back up to the top and that becomes your campaign. So it's a very much bottom-up built model that gets you to a campaign based on real consumer engagement versus a top-down matching luggage model, which just ends up with a version of a version of a version Mm, of an ad mm, mm. that somehow filters its down, way down to social, which is where a huge proportion of consumer attention is sitting. And it's very easy because, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, creative at, at volume. We've been talking about that skill. It's very easy to think that you're spending more, but in actuality, you're actually being more cost efficient. Massively cost efficient and you're de-risking it. If you were to go out and create, spend half a million dollars on a TV ad and then throw all of that on one channel, you're, A, you're buying against potential reach. You don't know how many people are reaching or are consuming your content. You don't know how good that ad is because yeah. it's come from a subjective opinion and it's been created. Yeah. And you're putting all your media money into an expensive channel behind that thing that you don't really understand. Whereas if you create a scale against all your different audience segments, not, you're immediately building brand, building re- relevance with those consumers. So that's already rising the tide. And then you take the thing that's working best and that's the thing you turn into a big asset that maybe you push across other platforms at scale. I've been speaking with Tim Lindley, who is Managing Director for VaynerMedia APAC. Uh, Tim, I do appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Monday evening. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.